I want to talk about power and the power that comes with being a believer and, and knowing the power that comes with the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I want to talk about power. And, and, and Jesus talks about this um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Before I get into reading it, though, I want to give you a little background. So again, the book of Acts happens after Jesus has died and rose again and appeared to his disciples. So over the course of 40 days, after he died and rose again, Jesus was with his disciples uh, throughout that time, uh, encouraging them, teaching them, uh, preparing them before he left. So Acts chapter 1 verse 4 explains how Jesus commands his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait there for the gift the Father would send. Go ahead and feel free to read that. I'm not gonna, we're not going to start there. And that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he talks about John only baptized with water, but they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and right before he ascends, he shares this with his disciples. And that's where we'll pick it up in Acts 1, 8. I think. Oh, look at That's fancy. That's awesome. Uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, if you look at verse 7, right before verse 8, the disciples are continuing to think about, um, or I think it's a few, maybe it's verse 6, Eliza. Uh, maybe? The disciples, uh, here we go. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So they kept thinking that Jesus was going to have all of this power in the natural realm, in the world that they lived in today, right? Uh, they were still thinking like, all right, Jesus died, he rose again, he's going to come and wipe out Rome and it's going to be back to, back to square one and, and Israel is going to be restored. Well, the, the thing is, is Jesus never, he didn't, he, he was so much higher, so much greater than what was just happening in that temporal moment, in that moment in time. And, and today I want to talk about, when he talks about in Acts 1, 8, what that power is, I want to explain what it means to us as believers, how we live in that power, or you could, you could say authority, that is available to us through the Holy Spirit. Before we get into there, though, I want to look at this verse, and I want to look at that word power. And I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but that word power, if you look at the Greek, it is translated to the word dunamis. Many people know they've heard that. This is what... According to the Strong's Concordance, this is what the word dunamis means. It says, force, literally or figuratively, especially miraculous power, usually by implication, a miracle itself, ability, abundance, meaning, might. You can go on and on and on. Miracle, power, strength, violence, mighty, uh, wonderful work. So we know that when Jesus is talking about the word power there, He's talking about miraculous power. 
miraculous power, dunamis power, power that is greater than any other power. When we think of power in the physical world today, we typically think of two things. Strength, right? You have a lot of power, you're strong, you're muscular, you're fit, you have physical abilities, right? We think of it in that way. Or we think of power in terms of energy, right? So we think of power like, oh, we lost our power, meaning you have no electricity in your house, right? Or you run out of gas, you have no power to power your vehicle, right? That, we think of power in that way. So we think of it as, as strength or as energy, right? And then if you think about the disciples, that's kind of what they're talking about in Acts 1.6. They thought of Jesus as power, strength, as you're going to come and overthrow Rome. The thing is, though, is that power is limited, right? You fill up your car with gas, you've got power. As soon as that gas is gone, it's gone, right? You think about, talk about strength, right? My kids, thankfully, I have dad strength, right? Here, dad, open this jar of pickles. They know that they can come to me and do it, right? Most of the time. Uh, but as I get older and as I've gotten older, my strength has, is not the same as it was when I was 21. And I'm sure it won't be the same as it is when I'm 60 or 70 or 80. I'm, your strength wanes. So it's limited. Physical, natural strength is limited. When I was a kid, uh, I used to watch, and this is going to sound silly, I used to watch the World's Strongest Man competition. How many ever watched that, right? Where you've got these behemoth men that are just giant, and they walk up and they pick up this 200-pound stone and they move it over here, and it, they're pulling cars, semi-trucks. They've got incredible strength, right? But eventually that strength has to wane as they get older. Look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a good example of that, right? He was like one of the buffest, strongest guys back in the 80s and the 90s, right? When he was in what would True Lies and, uh, and uh, the, the robot movie, why can't, the Terminator. He was the guy, right? Now you look at him and his muscles are not, he's still strong, he's still, but he is not what he used to be. So the power that comes with physical strength is limited, same with power that comes with, like electricity. It's limited. You don't pay your electrical bill, they're going to shut off your power, right? A storm comes and knocks down a, a power line, you're going to lose your power. And you can't get it back until the issue is resolved. So it's, it's limited, right? It's limited. One other example of that is a freight train. Back when trains were first established, they used coal to power the train. But in order to keep the train moving, you need to keep feeding it coal. So the fire could burn and it could create steam and then it would move the train forward. If you ran out of coal, your train was going to be stuck. It wasn't going anywhere, right? It had limited power because it was relying on an outside source to move it. The power that Jesus is talking about in Acts 1.8 is not that type of power it's endless power and as believers it's our responsibility to understand that and to step into that and not think that our god is limited like earthly power is and oftentimes we can do that to ourselves we can put ourselves in this well god you know i i don't know i i i haven't prayed enough this month 
I haven't read my Bible, so I, I, maybe that power won't work for me. No! As a believer in Christ, you have access to all of the power that is the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is not talking about human power or potential strength or whatever it might be. He's talking about the power that comes on us. And if you continue reading into Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit does come, He comes and it, it says that a pillar of fire sat on top of the apostles. Those in the upper room, a pillar of fire. Can you imagine that? You've got fire and you've got fire. and you It's like the Oprah show. You get a car and you get a car. No. You, can you imagine that? The power that came upon them. And I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but Peter went from being this meek, this guy that was not necessarily always bought in. Always, he was, you know, he was kind of there, but he wasn't. And, and he was great at times. And not, to all of a sudden preaching to multitudes of people when the Holy Spirit comes on him. He could have been the strongest guy. He could have had earthly power all he wanted. And when the time came, if the Holy Spirit wasn't with him, I don't know if he would have had the courage, the audacity, the boldness to preach that way. So we know the disciples are continuing to think of power that Jesus is talking about in earthly physical terms. They wanted him to influence socially, politically, government and I think the thing that they failed to see is Jesus did that. If you think about Jesus in terms of social and political terms, he had a lot of pull. In fact, he had so much pull that they killed him, right? So he had such an influence on those things. But it wasn't just that. Jesus wanted the disciples to see that they could move and flow in a power that was greater than any earthly power. And the thing that I want you to know today is that when you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, when you allow Him to, because it's really easy for you to say, hey, I, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in every believer. He's in you, He's in me, He's in all of us, right? If you are a believer in Jesus, He comes and lives in you. But He is a gentleman. And He is only going to let, He's only going to go as far as you let Him. So if you're in the grocery store, and he says, hey, I want you to go pay for that person's groceries. And you go, oh, that, that's weird. What, what are they going to think? If I walk and say, hey, I just want to pay for that for you. What are they going to think? He's going to go, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to force you. He might say, I really want you to go do that. But again, if, if you're like, ah, you never know the outcome of what that action could be. Amen. You never know the impact that's going to have on somebody's life. I mean, we've all heard stories like that, right? Where somebody's like, man, I was down to my last 10 bucks. I was here. I didn't know how I was going to pay for my groceries. And all of a sudden you came up and now I can feed my family. And then that person comes to church and then that person comes to know Jesus. All by doing something as simple as paying for somebody's groceries. But the thing is, is you have to be obedient and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. You have to allow him to, the power that comes with him you know, they, they say with great, what is it, great power comes great responsibility, right? It's true. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And as followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to be Him, to be examples of Jesus everywhere we go. And we can't do that on our own. We can't. We can't try and live like Christ 
without the Holy Spirit and without the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. So when we allow Him to do that, when we invite Him in, He gives us the same power today that the disciples had in the early church. The same power, because it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we know the same power that came on the, the, the apostles, whoever was in the upper room, and they had pillars of fire, and all of a sudden they're preaching to the multitudes. We know we have access to that same power today, right? Because it's the same. It's the same power. He is the same. And oftentimes we ask, why don't we see that same thing happening? Shri mentioned it at prayer. Peter walks up and says, silver and gold have I not. But what I do know, I have Jesus Christ stand up and walk. The guy stands up. Why don't we see that stuff today? Why don't we see those things today? Why don't we see miracle signs and wonders today? We ask those questions. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm speaking for everybody in here. That that's what we want, right? Right? I, I honestly believe it's because we aren't using the power the Holy Spirit has given us. There is power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And that's, again, that's not a condemning thing. All of us are working on that. We're all working on that journey. But even if you look at Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, verse 16, we're going to look 12 through 16. I want, and I'm, I'm going to focus on this. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through, through 16. Perfect. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's, Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord Crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats. So that Peter's shadow, his shadow, might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Imagine flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit so much that your shadow casts on somebody and the anointing is so strong that they get up and they walk. They're instantly healed. And then imagine if that happens today. I, want, I just want to picture this. Imagine the cell phones that come out, the Facebook Live posts, when somebody who is cripple gets up and starts running around a church Imagine the impact that could have. We know that when these people were lame and sick, that they got healed because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says, more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. So imagine in today's society, if we understood the power of the Holy Spirit and started living and walking in that. And then Instagram started blowing up. And Facebook started blowing up. And people started going, what is going on? Yeah. Imagine the impact the church Amen. could have. Amen. And again, we know that the same power that came on the disciples and the apostles at first is the same power that we have access to 
today. Peter was truly living in the dunamis, the dynamite, the dynamic power, the miraculous working power that his shadow could heal. Like just, that, that just blows my mind. Can you imagine what Peter had to have been thinking? What is going on? This is crazy, right? But Jesus said, I need to leave so that way the helper can come. It's better for you. Can you, again, imagine that thought. It's better for you if I leave so the Holy Spirit can come. I was listening, uh, as I was kind of studying for this this week, I was listening to a message by uh, a pastor from Dallas, and he said, one of the things that you'd think about is if Jesus walked into this room today, Jesus walked in that door, we would all be clamoring, oh my, whoa, right? Jesus in his physical person walked through the door. We would all be just like so excited that he is here. He, and and he, uh, the, the pastor said, you'd probably all be clamoring to get his autograph, to take a f- selfie with him. Oh my gosh, look, it's Jesus, right? You'd be so excited that he was there. But he would leave then. And you would have the memories and the pictures, but he would be gone. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is His power is available to us always. Never leaves us. He's always there. He's always there. It might be in a still small voice, but He is there. He is there. And like I talked about a few weeks ago, oftentimes the Holy Spirit kind of gets this bad rap. He's He's part of the Trinity, but He's not God the Father, God the Son. He's the Holy Spirit. He is equally as powerful. He has all the rights and responsibilities and authority as God the Father and God the Son. Exactly. And if we start realizing that power in our lives, man, it'll change you. It will change how you see things. And this is a work in progress for me too. When you're faced with a difficult circumstance, how do you respond? I know I don't always respond right. Ask my parents. Right? It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's a work in progress. It is not something that we are always going to be good at. It's not. When you have a financial hardship that comes your way, it's real easy to go, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, oh, you know what? I'm going to get another job. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to work, 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 work. Because that's what, in the physical world, what it feels like and makes the most sense. Oh, I don't know, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to pick up this second job and, and then maybe I can do this or whatever, whatever it is. God calls us to rest. Rest in Him. Trust Him. Trust the power that's working in you and through you to bring that situation to pass. That doesn't mean that it's fun to go through hard times. Trust me, I know, trust me, this last week Lila was in the hospital again. Like, that's hard, it's hard time, like, what's going to happen? All of the things, right, all of the thoughts, all of the emotions that come with that. And at the end of the day, you have to take a step back and go, God, you you are way bigger than this situation. You are way bigger than any circumstance, anything I'm going through. And I'll be transparent. Sometimes it's a lot easier to say that. And then when you get into it, go, oh, goodness, how am I going to do this? Right? 
But he is so much more powerful than any situation or circumstance. Amen. Right? And I want to I compare two things. So earlier I talked about a car, right? And it needing gas to move forward. When, uh, when Sheree was a kid, her mom, her, her family had a, a small little blue, it was blue, right? Geo Metro. It was an awesome little car. It was like indestructible. It was it, about the size of a go-kart, but it was this awesome little car. And it required gas, right? It needed gas to run. It wasn't very fast, though. You know, you wanted to get up to 60, it might take 10 or 12 or 14. It was not very, it, it, you know, wee you know, right, when you press the gas. So if you were in a race, would you want a Geo Metro or would you want a Corvette? You'd probably want the Corvette, right? You press on the gas, you hear that engine run, you get 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds or whatever it is. If you're in a race, you want the power. You want the power, right? The thing is, though, a Corvette still requires gas, and it's still going to run out of gas. It might have all of this power, and it might be cooler, better than a Geo Metro, but they're both going to run out of gas, right? So as believers, the power of the Holy Spirit's like the Corvette. It goes, man, it goes. And it doesn't stop. And I think we oftentimes stop it ourselves. We oftentimes stop it ourselves. Uh, I, I, I use this analogy often. The Holy Spirit's moving and He's flowing. He's doing things. And just like a fire, if you need to put a fire, you put a wet blanket on it. Oftentimes we can do the same thing. Whether that's in this, at a church, whether that's in our own personal lives, whether that's in whatever it is. And again, I don't, I don't want this to feel condemning in any way, because that is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, if we just allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and move in our lives and get out of the way, you will see Him do things that you go, wow, wow, wow. And through that, you will see people come to know Christ because of it. Amen. I want to turn again to Romans 15, chapter 19. From Romans 15, 19. Paul knew this when he was writing the letter to the Romans, that the power of the Holy Spirit draws people to Christ. Romans 15, 19 says, They, the Gentiles, so they, they're talking about the Gentiles, were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully represented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to... Oh my goodness, I always... Illyricum, thank you. I always stumble over that one. Uh, so they, Paul is saying, the Gentiles were convinced to follow Christ by the power of miraculous signs and wonders. Jesus talks in Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses. Witnesses. What does a witness mean? It means that you are going forth as a representative of Jesus and showing who Jesus is to other people. You are a witness. Witness. And as a witness, think about a witness in a trial. If you're in a, in a, in a courtroom and you're a witness, you observed something. So you can't be a witness without understanding what you observed. The disciples spent three years with Jesus. 
They saw all the things that he did. And yet, it wasn't until he left that they could be a witness of what they observed. Right? And I, I want to reiterate this. Being a witness and being convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders, it doesn't say by their own strength. It says by the power of God's Spirit. They were convinced not by anything we did, not by a great speech, not by a... No, they were truly convinced by signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. And I know that in the last days, it talks about this, that there will be an outpouring of God's Spirit. Joel, uh, the book of Joel 2.28, it's also... Uh, in the book of Acts, as Peter is talking in the temple. But Joel 2.28 is where he's refer- referencing back to it. It's in the Joel 2.28. Uh, it says, Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. So if we know that in the early church, signs and wonders brought multitudes of people to know Christ. Again, I want to reiterate this. If there is an outpouring of God's Spirit in the last days, and there's signs and wonders and prophecy and dreaming, all of those things happening, and all of that is happening in today's society, with all the technology that we have, and the ability to see something across the world instantly... This was only happening in a a small region. Imagine the impact that the church, that Christ can have when we have the ability to broadcast those things worldwide. To show people the goodness of God and how He cares about everything. The smallest details and the power that comes from living with Him and having the Holy Spirit as a part of your life. I just... I can't wait for the news stories. Right? Man's arm grows out on live TV. Imagine that! And you know why? It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Not because somebody did something. No, literally it's going to happen. Right? And then think of the people that are going to come and go, I had it all wrong. That that happened? I I want to know more. I've got this cousin who, who's got a bum leg. I want, I, can you pray for him too? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. That, think of the impact. Think of the global outreach, the impact that that is going to have, right? But again, it's not by our strength or something we're doing. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And we all have that power inside of us. We all have that dynamite, dunamis power inside of us. We have full access to it every single day. It's like we use rechargeable batteries here at church for microphones and things. At the end of service, we have to plug them in. We don't have to plug in to get the Holy Spirit power. It's already there. It's already there. We just have to access it. And we are heirs with Christ. We are heirs with Christ. And that means that as an heir, we have full access to all that He is. Amen. Right? Take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. And I don't mean in a bad... I mean, take advantage of it. God has given it to you as a free gift. 
The Holy Spirit comes as a free gift. He is ready, willing, and able to be there to help you at a moment's notice. Moment's notice. He does, you don't need to say anything. At a moment's notice, He is there to help you. He wants to be flowing through His global body, through His church. That's what He wants. That's the vision of this church, to be a church so in tune with what the Holy Spirit wants that it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter. Who's standing up here? The Holy Spirit's moving, right? That's what this church is all about, is allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He needs to do. His power is there. It's ready and waiting. Access it. Access it. And you know, this power that, that the Holy Spirit has isn't just for us outwardly. It's also for us inwardly. It's an also a power that we can use, draw on, to change ourselves. When Jesus says, you'll be witnesses for me, he doesn't just mean in your words, he means in his actions as well. The Holy Spirit causes us to change. And it's not out of a religious, works-type way. It's out of a heart change. I want to change because of what the Holy Spirit is doing. He tells us how God sees us. He convicts us of our righteousness. And religion gets in the way of that. The mentality that I need to be a certain way to receive the power. You need to know Christ, and you need to have Christ living in you. But he doesn't differentiate between somebody here and somebody. We all have access to the same power source. It's not about do's and don'ts. God's power is all built on the incredible gift of grace. Absolutely. His power is given to us through the incredible, undeserved favor, the grace of God. And we have access to that power, again, not because we prayed 17 times today, and now all of a sudden the 18th time the Holy Spirit shows up. No. He comes to us because He sees us as redeemed. He sees us as cleansed. He sees us as loved because of the incredible grace that is Jesus, that that He gave His life for us. I want to close with this, and this is actually our church verse. This is what our church stands on, and it's so important. So 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us, not some of us, all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We know that the Holy Spirit 
comes with power. When He comes on us, we have power. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And not some of us, but all of us can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. So if you have things in your life that is holding you down, that you're like, man, I just need to be free from this. You have the power living inside of you. You have the power already there to change, to get rid of it, to lay it at the cross, to leave it there. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, and we know we are vessels of the Spirit of God, so we know if we're a vessel of the Lord, vessel of the Spirit, and the Spirit is in us, then we know that we have freedom in us because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if you're carrying something today that you just, it's been weighing you down, I want you to give it to God. There's freedom when you understand the power that is available to us in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Lord, we are just so thankful for who you are and the power that you give us through your Spirit. Lord, whatever it is that we're dealing with, we're navigating, we're, we're, we're working through, give us the strength, the courage, the boldness to just lay it down, to leave it, not pick it back up, to walk away from that issue, the bitterness, whatever it may be, and walk in, walk in freedom, walk in pure freedom, and to, to know that we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives whenever we need it. In Jesus' name, amen.